Girlfriends, episode number 94. Offer it up. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about fall storms, power outages, and how to offer it all up Catholic style. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's get going. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome to another week. Welcome to another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. Coming to you very early on Tuesday morning, in the dark, in the cold. I'm only doing this because of how much I love you guys. This is proof, okay? We have no electricity in our house. So I had great intentions of recording this episode yesterday morning when we got up and there was no power. We had a crazy fall storm. I don't know. I guess it went all the way up the East Coast. Maybe some of you have experienced similar power outages or falling trees. A lot of people, gosh, I saw it all over Facebook, had tree damage in their yards, in their homes, on their cars. Uh, crazy storm. And it happened here too. We didn't have any damage. Thank goodness. I think mostly because of that horrible nor'easter we had at the end of last winter that pretty much wiped out every loose tree we had on our property. <laughs> we were pretty safe. Um, so we didn't have any of those issues, but we lost power. It's been uh, since 2 a.m. on Monday morning. So I just was kind of waiting the whole day for us to get power back because I don't technically need Wi-Fi to record the podcast, but it's very helpful and I keep my notes online and all of that. So I was kind of waiting for that to happen and that never happened. Uh, so <laughs> spent the day yesterday just uh, kind of in survival mode and driving out into town, um, actually at Dan's business, the escape room business that he opened this summer, um, which is in next door town. It has power and Wi-Fi, so I spent some time there getting some work done and whatnot. Anyway, podcast never got recorded, and now I'm recording it this morning. Power or no power, and right now it's no power. <laughs> but my husband just left for work, and he texted me that he saw the uh, electric co-op guys at the end of our road, and he stopped and talked to them, and they said we should be back on today, which I'm really hopeful for because it will be nice to take a shower and to sort through my refrigerator and figure out... Um, what is savable in there? I've just been kind of not opening it. Gross. Yeah. Um, that's life. So very appropriately, we're talking about offering it up. And you know what? I had actually planned this topic anyway, because I got a, a question um, from this really nice lady. Um, shout out to Vicki, um, whom I met when I was in Kansas. And uh, she was asking me about offering it up. She she wasn't raised Catholic. Um, she's very intrigued with this idea of offering it up. She, I think she was a convert maybe five years ago. Anyway, I'm sorry if I got that wrong, Vicky. But she was asking about sort of Catholic perspective on this whole idea of offering it up. And now if you were raised Catholic, I'm positive you got told this in your childhood by somebody offered up, right, when you're suffering or you're griping or you're complaining through something. And it is actually a uniquely Catholic concept. And I think it's such a gift. And it's something that I kind of tend to take for granted being a cradle Catholic. I don't think about it too much. But my conversation with Vicky made me think, you know, this is actually kind of a unique thing that we have as Catholics. And maybe not all of us are thinking of it on a regular basis. Maybe not all of us are appreciating the gift of the concept of redemptive suffering, which is the fancy word for offered up, right? Meaning that our suffering has value. It can have value. We get we get to choose 
um, to apply value to our suffering, to offer it up consciously, to give it as a gift for God and um, gain graces in that way. So I want to talk a little bit about that today. And um, so first of all, I think it's important when we're talking about offered up is that it's a uniquely Catholic thing and something that it's a gift. I think it's important to think about it that way because it's easy to roll your eyes, especially if you're you're suffering through something. I know. And this is um, actually an important point to make. Wherever you are with regard to offering it up, it's okay to be there. If you're in the eye rolling stage, you know, we're, we all have times in our lives where it is hard really extra hard to think in terms of offering it up. You just want to reject suffering. It's human. I mean, we're not we're not made to enjoy suffering, you know, so and we don't naturally, you know, this is part of like the redemptive value of it is this idea that it brings us outside of ourselves and brings us beyond the limitations of our own human nature. Our nature rejects suffering. And yet our church calls us outside of that to see the value of it. And Christ gave us that beautiful example uh, through his uh, passion and death and crucifixion, where he embraced suffering for a greater thing, for something good, out of love, out of immense love. He embraced intense, immense suffering. So um, we have that beautiful example. But I think you need to you need to recognize and give yourself permission to be wherever you are with it, especially if you're going through something very hard. It's okay to just have that normal reaction initially of someone suggesting that you offer it up of rolling your eyes about it, because it's really it's a very hard thing to do. And I think accept where you are with it, but maybe um, don't don't make plans to stay there. Try to try to make some forward progress with regard to your attitude toward offering things up, because there really is so much to be gained uh, in doing that, in making progress in this particular part of your spiritual life, learning to offer things up, learning to look at, at sacrifices as potential gifts, things that we can do out of love for our Lord and things that we can do offer up for our, our brothers and sisters you know, we're in the communion of saints. And um, I, I love the idea that we're able to help each other out, that we're able to offer things up for the benefit of somebody else. It's really a very beautiful aspect of your prayer life. So if it isn't something that you spent a lot of time thinking about or focusing on, I want to encourage you to do that um, in, in the coming week, in the coming days to maybe give a little more thought to ways in which you could add some element of offering up to your spiritual life. We can have a great prayer life where we make time for prayer every day and we're connecting with God and that's very fruitful and wonderful. But the other part of it is this aspect. And it's something that should be sort of a natural fruit of that growing relationship with God, wanting to make a gift of ourselves to him, wanting to make a gift of ourselves to others, to make make a gift of service to others out of love for God. Inside of that relationship with our creator, we're, we're, we're meant to be naturally inclined to making that gift of ourselves, recognizing the value of that. And that is something that I think definitely uh, I have room to grow. <laughs> I shared with you last week my um, not Mother Teresa moment. <laughs> There's a great example of an area where I can grow. Um, for those of you who didn't listen last week, it was just that I, I had a an eye-opening natural response to people in need, poor people, the poorest of the poor, of um, sort of just being repulsed and rejecting people. 
in a not very Christ-like manner. And that caused me to reflect. And I heard from some of you, thank you for those of you who emailed me um, and were very gentle with me (laughs) in discussing that and um, offering some ideas. I did talk to uh, Dan about it. And he suggested, as I was already thinking, maybe the two of us together could uh, volunteer at that particular dinner, that event where that where um, I encountered those people, that maybe we could do that together at our parish. So um, that's my that's on my list of homework for the coming week is to investigate that if there's some way that we can help out with that. And if not that, then something along those lines um, be an opportunity to grow. And I'm going to share some feedback from David at the end of the show, specifically talking about that, that I think is, is also a helpful perspective. But anyway, um, you know, uh, looking for ways that you can grow in doing things that are uncomfortable for you. Um, you certainly don't have to go looking for it. We've talked before about the idea of a morning offering. And what does that mean? Like, I, you know, you all know I'm a big fan of the morning offering where you can say your prayer at the beginning of the day, offer your entire day before you even know what's going to happen and give it all to God. And it, it makes a great gift of your day. Whether or not in the moment you're thinking about it, you've already made that conscious decision to give any amount of suffering to God, any amount of joy to God, giving everything to God, giving your entire self, your whole day to him. So that is really a very beautiful way to start. If you're not in the practice of offering it up in any way, shape or form right now, starting with a morning offering is a great way. But as I've shared before, I think that very naturally leads to recalling your morning offering during times, especially hard times during your day, recalling that you're you're doing it for God and, and making a sort of, you know, super quick just prayer or thought toward Jesus and giving him that moment, giving him your acceptance of whatever suffering comes your way. And it doesn't have to be <laughs> so dramatic, you know. Um, I've been laughing at myself and others these past, uh, you know, 48 hours without power in the house because we are such babies. And all of us are, you know, we live in a comfortable world you know, I was thinking this the other day, um, thinking about the idea of suffering and how countercultural that is. When I was in my car once driving recently, and I was like making adjustments to the temperature. And in my car, you know, there's a little knob and you can pick the precise temperature, you know, and I was like, oh, it's a little, a little too warm at 72. I'm just going to turn it down to 71 because I think that will be a more comfortable environment for me you know, (laughs) oh my gosh, we're talking about one degree. We're able to control our environment to that extent. And, you know, of course, not every moment is like that in our lives. But I thought this is just, you know, this is how we're living. This is how I'm living anyway, that I have this level of control and this expectation of comfort, the, the perfect climate in every environment that I'm in. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And if you compare it to previous generations, if you compare it to other, other, parts of the world right now, it's insane that we have that sort of expectation of of comfort and pleasure in every waking moment of our lives. So, I mean, that really caused me to pause in that moment. Like, what on earth? This is like such a luxury and so ridiculous. Um, and, and so much more so, you know, losing electricity. Um, one of my daughters was sort of saying, we are such, we are so soft, you know, we're such babies that we're complaining about this when they didn't used to even have electricity. And, you know, that's true. Um, but you know what, even inside of moments that are a little more trying, like when you do have a power outage, I, I think we should, and you should cut yourself a little bit of slack because you know what? And what I said to my daughter was, 
Yes, that's true. In many ways, we are tons softer. You know, the one degree example in my car's climate control. But also, previous generations were set up around the idea that no one had electricity. They were prepared for that. Their, their whole lives weren't structured around, you know, then their livelihoods weren't structured around having Wi-Fi. So, um, you know, I think it's... It's good to have perspective on the levels of suffering that we have and have perspective on the luxuries that we kind of take for granted and, and assume are sort of a right rather than a privilege inside of our, our culture, inside of the way we're living today. Um, but cut yourself a little bit of slack, especially in moments where something extra is being asked of you. And gosh, for sure, this no power thing, something extra is being asked of me and my family. <laughs> I'm not here to complain. Yes, I am. Uh, yeah, I'm here to complain. No. Um it, you know, it's cold and it's dark in the house and people are kind of thrown out of their normal routines. And I just I like to see that. And I am doing my best to see that and encourage my other family members to see that as an opportunity. First of all, an opportunity to grow in making a conscious sacrifice of it, deciding, you know what, it's really tempting to complain about this gripe about this right now, but nobody needs to hear that. I need to just uh, buck up here and just you know, do the next thing. And that's really how I've been trying to uh, manage. And especially last night, it you know it was a little tough coming back to the house after um, being out and doing some work at the escape room. <laughs> and it really was an escape room yesterday. <laughs> Not that anybody was, um, we were closed for the day, but it was an escape for us to go and uh, bask in some electricity and use the Wi-Fi and have running water for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an opportunity to, you know, see a, a negative situation. And it's a real opportunity to put a positive spin on it. Um, in the times in my life, and I'm not saying I'm there right now, um, where I've been really good about this concept of offering it up and, and learning to keep that kind of at the forefront of my mind, in those times, I do find that I much more readily practice gratitude, even inside of moments of trial, where I know that there have been times and, you know, just small sufferings, things, little sacrifices, opportunities for sacrifice come my way. And I see it with gratitude, like, here's an opportunity, I can, I can do this thing. And I can offered up for for x y or z and that's the that's the next part i'm going to um that i wanted to mention was the idea of you know we are part of the communion of saints we are called to be praying for one another and you know we can offer up things for souls in purgatory for example um somebody that you know that has died what an amazingly powerful beautiful gift that is to be able to contribute to someone else's salvation in that way. I mean, unbelievable, the gift that we have in that kind of power. And I think we don't think of it often enough, or we take it for granted, or um, we forget about it. This is November now. So the 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 month of the dead, right? This is when um, we have All Souls Day, which is so beautiful, and such a beautiful opportunity to, as a church, be called to pray for those people who have died, those you know, and those you don't know. Um, I find that it's it's very helpful sometimes when you're not sure what to offer something up for, just to open it up and and think to yourself, like, you know, who's somebody that I've known or um, somebody who I, I knew who died, even if you knew them just very peripherally. Um, there are certain people in my extended family on my husband's side that weren't Catholic and no one in their family is Catholic. So I'm fairly sure nobody is praying for their souls. So I, I find... Um, 
I really am very motivated to pray for them and to remember their names. Um, and I'm, I'm going to do my best to be adding them to daily prayers, especially during the month of November. So opportunities like that, that it turns a negative situation, something negative, like you just found out um, your power's out, or you just have, uh, you know, there's some kind of pain that you're encountering, whether it's physical or emotional or stress or whatever it is that is just presenting itself to you. Um, it's a great opportunity to turn that into moments of gratitude, moments where you see it as an opportunity to turn it into something good, something valuable, something meaningful. And think about what a great gift that is just in a general concept that our our suffering has meaning and it has value. It's not just meaningless suffering that's worthless that we just have to kind of get through to get to the other side. It it has value and we can attach value to it. We can increase its value uh, by giving it consciously, making a gift of it to God for the sake of others. I think that's such a beautiful opportunity. And when I really do reflect on it, as I've been attempting to do these past few days, I feel terrible about all the opportunities I've wasted just by griping in the face of a new opportunity to offer something up. But then the, I thought I find that that attitude of gratitude in recognizing opportunities for suffering or for sacrifice is really... It's something that's a little bit contagious because it will help you to kind of shift your focus even inside of those circumstances. Like in the in the circumstance that I'm finding myself in right now, um, I've been making a conscious effort to be very deliberate about offering particular parts of it up, um, you know, choosing to not complain, that sort of thing. But then that I find that that naturally leads me to a much better much better attitude. Because think about the times when you do give into that temptation, and I have done this, to just spiral downward and start griping and complaining. And perhaps people are joining you in the griping and complaining and focusing on the negative. That is just absolute misery. And you feel miserable and you're making everybody around you miserable. And um, so looking for these opportunities to offer it up, I find naturally shifts your focus toward the positive. There are actually a lot of positive things about having no power. And I was trying to focus on those things last night. The fact that it gave all of us a screen-free, uh, for sure, late afternoon and evening, I thought was pretty awesome, actually. Um, and we were just kind of sitting in the living room and we had candlelight and people were just talking and goofing around. And yeah, some people were kind of bickering and fussing at each other or whatever, that sort of thing. Um, of course, that was going on. But so it wasn't like this perfect family moment, but it wasn't it was an opportunity. And I did my best to appreciate it in the moment for all of us to slow down, all of us to just be together. And um, Dan suggested we pray a family rosary, which to be honest, we haven't done that in a while. Um, we've got, kind of gotten out of the routine in the evenings anyway of making time for that. So it was super nice to just have that opportunity to do that. And it's funny because when we were like looking around in the dark trying to make sure we found everybody's rosaries and some people have, you know, little books they like to use and trying to make sure everybody had their equipment for praying the rosary. And that was taking a while. Somebody, I don't even know who, so great, I, I, I won't even call anybody out on it, complained about that it was taking so long just for us to get set up to say the family rosary. And uh, my oldest daughter, Kadri, was like, seriously, uh, what do you have to do? <laughs> and it was so true. Like, here was an opportunity for us to pray the rosary and actually was an opportunity for us to be like, here's something for us to do <laughs> for the next, you know, 25 minutes or so. Anyway, um, so that was like a real, a real gifted opportunity to see it as something actually nice. And, you know, this morning, 
I got up in the cold dark and was uh, kind of using a flashlight and a candle to try to make some kind of breakfast for Dan before he had to leave for work. And um, yeah, that was a little bit of a trial. But you know what? I made a really kind of cozy, nice breakfast with, um, we have a French press coffee maker, which I don't always use, but I love the coffee that comes from that. Uh, Actually, very good coffee, much better than from the Keurig, which is fast and easy, instant gratification. But um, so made French press coffee. I I made toast by frying it in a pan because we have a a gas stove top. So I'm able to use that. And I had some sausage in the freezer, which was not completely thawed out. So I knew it was good and heated that up on the stovetop. And it was um, a nice little breakfast that I managed to make. And it was very cozy inside of a cold, dark house. So I was appreciating that too. So I think it's very helpful to, in those moments where you are being called to offer it up, because every one of those is an opportunity and you can say yes to it or you can say no to it. You can accept it and add value, give value and meaning to that opportunity to suffer, or you can make it meaningless and reject it and throw it away. And you know what? Either way, you're going to suffer through it. Either way, you're going to suffer. So um, I find that it's really a no-brainer, even though it's sometimes very hard. Um, So look for those opportunities and recognize the value in shifting your focus from the negative to the positive. And you know what? I love, this is the other point I want to make, that you can be very specific in offering up. There might be something that a friend of yours is going through and you feel absolutely powerless to help them. Um, I, somebody that you love might be going through something very difficult, might be a child, might be a parent, might be a close friend. And those are some of the worst times, I think, worst trials in our lives are when we feel helpless to help somebody. We feel helpless in the face of someone else's suffering. And um, especially, I find, in those places in our lives where um, that person maybe is is choosing badly, making bad choices for themselves and hurting themselves and Oh, I mean, you know, I, I think about the, you know, the, the rampant amount of um, drug addiction in, in our culture. I think it's affected every single family or, or friends in some way, shape or form. We've all experienced it. What a devastating thing that is to see somebody just actively flushing their own life down the toilet. Like they're just choosing that. And how painful. And I know people that have been in this situation or continue to be when it's your own child choosing to do that or somebody that you love and care deeply about. And it might not be everything as dramatic as that. It might be something small that somebody that you love is going through. It might be something small, a small trial that you're going through in your marriage. Um, It might be something that you personally are struggling with, a, a temptation or a sin that you fall into again and again and again. You feel helpless in the face of it. Offering it up gives you an opportunity to offer something up. And we have all these great opportunities. You know, a thousand times a day, there's opportunities to suffer, uh, big and small. Um, But to be very specific in what you're offering it up for. You can, you know, just, um, you can do this ahead of time. Um, The same way you do with the morning offering to just pray and say, you know what, Um, God, all the moments in, in the coming days where I'm going to feel tired or I'm going to feel stressed or I'm going to feel slighted in a conversation or whatever it is that you you suffer with or that comes to mind that you could offer up that happens on a regular basis, offer it up for that specific thing. Maybe it's for help inside of your marriage, maybe asking for grace in your marriage, maybe asking for the grace to forgive somebody, maybe asking for God to give those graces to somebody else for a child they're going through. And I find that this is so empowering and it's so 
Um, very helpful. The times when I've done this, you know, thinking about something that happens on a regular basis that I can offer up. Um, interruptions are a great one because we all have interruptions in our lives and they are always frustrating. And I think moms experience interruptions maybe more so than anybody else on the planet. You know, it's the nonstop mom, 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 mom. And it, it can be seriously frustrating. But if you think ahead of time and think, okay, you know, Jesus, every time I'm interrupted today, I want to offer it up for this intention. Uh, it can be a great help inside of those moments where you are interrupted to shift your focus and say, aha, I, I knew this was coming and it has worth and I'm going to embrace it. Um, really, I, I find that this is, the more we work on this, the greater progress we can make toward being the people that God intends us to be, the greater progress we can make toward being called, we're all called to be like Christ. And there's no more Christ-like thing you can do. Think about that. Think about Jesus's offering up of his very self, his his body and his blood, his very life for the sake of others. And what a beautiful thing that was and how that flies in the face of what our culture tells us we should do, what kinds of things we should be spending our time doing and what has value in our world. It's completely countercultural. It's it's against everything that our culture will tell us is, is valuable or worth pursuing. And yet there's that example that Jesus gave us. So there's no more Christ-like thing you can do than to offer up suffering, especially for the benefit of somebody else uh, or as a gift back to Jesus, because he offered his very self for us and he continues to do so every day around the world in the gift of the Eucharist. And even in those moments where, you know, or days where you're not able to get to mass, you can, you can recognize and appreciate that gift of self that Jesus gives us, his very self. He loves us that much. And he loves you deeply and personally and intimately that much. You know, Jesus didn't come and, and suffer on the cross and die, give up his life for some, you know, nameless, faceless, giant crowd of humanity in some general sense. No, he did that for you. You specifically, by name, he knows you better than you know yourself, better than the people who love you in your life, better than they love you. He loves you and he knows you and he gave up his life for you. He suffered those indignities and great trials for you. And what a great opportunity it is to begin to even reciprocate that, to make a gesture toward beginning to reciprocate that. and. Uh, so I just find that it's such a an opportunity for us to grow inside of our spiritual lives. And I'm saying this as much as a of a pep talk to myself as I am to you, because I'm not there yet. But I think we all need that reminder. It's okay if it's hard for you. It's okay to accept the place where you are with regard to any particular trial that you're facing. Start small. Maybe there's a gigantic trial you're going through and you can't begin to choke out the words of offering it up yet. That's okay. Start with some other small thing. Start with some other small thing in your life. And they're all over the place if you look for them. You don't have to go looking for them. That's the last point that I want to make about offering it up. Sometimes we get this idea that, oh, to be a saint, I have to, you know, never put sugar in my coffee or I have to walk barefoot in the snow. And, you know, all these things that, yes, these amazing things that <laughs> saints who've gone before us have done. But if you're not there, gosh, don't put that upon yourself. Don't go looking for crosses. They're all around us. And that's all that God asks us to do. I find that that's very helpful to reflect on, to think about, that God isn't calling you to be somebody else, to live some other life. He's He's calling you right where you are. Where you are is not a mistake. It's not an accident. 
He's put you where you are. He's put you in the life you're living. Yes, our choices affect the life we're living and where we are and all of that. But God knows all about it. And he's calling you to holiness. He's calling you to greater holiness right there, right where you are. In whatever life you're living, whatever work you're doing, whatever people, and I find this is key, the people he's placed around you. You want to know God's will for you? You want to know God's will for you for the next 10 minutes, for the next 10 days, for the next 10 years? Look around you at the people he's put in your life for you to serve. It's not more complicated than that. Sometimes we try to make it fancy because we want it to be glamorous. It's not glamorous. It's your life. It's right there, right where you are. It's not an accident. So look for those opportunities that already exist. You don't have to go looking for crosses. It's absolutely not a required part of this offering it up plan. So, um, all right. So that's all I have. Um, I didn't even have, I, I don't because like I said, I usually keep my notes for the podcast online and use those while I'm recording. Uh, I don't even have notes. <laughs> so I don't have handy dandy little bullet points to kind of review with you. But um, those were all the different points that I wanted to make about offering it up. In general, I just want to encourage you to consider this concept in the coming days. Think about opportunities that you have to offer it up. Think about where you are with regard to offering it up. Is it something you think about all the time? Or is it something that maybe you could benefit from thinking about more often, maybe beginning to add some level of offering it up to your daily prayer life? I find it's a beautiful way to kind of extend your prayer, if you have morning time prayer, to extend your prayer throughout the day, that this is the other aspect of it, the doing part, right? You've got the talking, you've got the words you can say, the the intent behind the words that you say, and then there's the doing. It's like, then you got to get up and you got to do it. And I find it's a, a beautiful other part, the other the other side of that coin, where, where we have this connection with God and this relationship we're working on building with God and communicating with God, connecting with him throughout our day. But we can do that very tangibly in a way that bears beautiful spiritual fruit in our, in our own lives and in, in the lives of people around us by offering it up by making a conscious effort of making our, our actions and our attitudes throughout the day a gift, a gift back to God and to others. All right, you might have some uh, things you want to share about offering it up, about making these kinds of sacrifices. Maybe you have some tips for helping people to do that or reminding yourself to do that. How do you do this in your life? How do you offer up what does that mean to you? Is it something that you struggle with? Is it something that you grew up with and you take for granted? I'd love to hear where you are with regard to this and um, whatever thoughts and ideas that you might have to share with other listeners here. So you can email me at danielle at daniellebean.com. You can always leave a comment in the show notes at daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media, on Voxer, or click that little tab on daniellebean.com to leave me a voicemail. You know I love to hear from you, so send me your feedback. Hey, do you like what we do here? Do you appreciate having access to girlfriends every week? Is it helpful or encouraging to you in your everyday life? Well, if so, there's a convenient way that you can say thank you for the Girlfriends podcast and encourage me to continue to record it week after week. Patreon is a simple system that allows you to pledge your support at patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. It's a great way that you can make a pledge of any amount, even just a dollar per episode makes a huge difference. And it's a real tangible way that you can show your appreciation and encourage production of the podcast every week. I want to thank those of you who already do support the podcast through Patreon at patreon.com forward slash girlfriends, especially Diane, who's a new a supporter of the podcast through Patreon and Alicia, who recently increased her pledge amount 
so appreciate that, ladies. Thank you so much for your support. And if you would like to show your support too, please go to patreon.com forward slash girlfriends and find out more. Thank you so much. I also want to thank Ascension Press for partnering with me to bring you this podcast. You can check out all of their podcasts and other Catholic media that will entertain, inspire you, and educate you about your Catholic faith at ascensionpress.com. Click on the channels tabs for lots of free and beautiful resources. Uh, This week, I received some feedback from listener Jennifer, who says, Danielle, I have to admit, I've fallen behind in listening to your podcasts. I started to get back into them when the kids started back at school, and you're always such a breath of fresh air. I continue to love your honesty and openness. I listened to Small Ways to Pray every day while nursing my two-week-old and while my older kids entertained my toddler in the backyard. Needless to say, just one minute into your A Mother's Liturgy of the Hours, I was in tears. I, of course, had to stop the podcast just a few minutes into it when the kids all came back in and I had to pick it up again a few days later, but I found the whole thing beautiful. Thank you. I also just listened to the podcast on improving communication in marriage. I loved your reminder that this is our most important vocation, something I can sometimes forget in the busyness of raising our kids. And you had me crying again as you admitted to Heidi that NFP is not easy. I appreciate that you don't try to sugarcoat it because, yes, it is so hard to trust God completely with such a huge thing as our fertility. I've had a nine-month break from thinking about it too much, but pray that God gives me the graces I need to be able to continue NFP with confidence and trust. Thank you again for your ministry, Jenny. Thank you so much, Jenny. I've heard from um, Jenny before and shared some of her feedback here before on the podcast. So she's a regular. We love you, Jenny. I'm glad you're there listening. And um, and you know what I find really edifying and helpful in my in my real life, everyday life, but also through the podcast, the community that we have here, just knowing that other people are living out the same kind of life, same kind of way of life. And, the, you know, you sharing a little story about being interrupted in your listening with your kids and whatnot. We're all doing that. We're in this together. And I find it so encouraging to know that all over the world, even, there are people that are listening to girlfriends and connecting through that kind of shared experience. I absolutely love that. It's a beautiful, I think, reflection of the communion of saints, and we can all pray for each other inside of that. So thank you so much for Jenny. God bless you for sharing that. Okay, next up, I heard from listener Tanya this week. Uh, She says, Danielle, I've been listening to your podcast and very much enjoy it. Thank you for your ministry and work in putting it together. I've been listening to podcasts out of order, so I'm sorry if I'm responding to something from many months ago. That's actually part of the magic of podcasts. I love it that I can be reminded of things that we've shared months ago and they still have meaning for people and people are still benefiting from um, our talking about them. Uh, So anyway, Tanya goes on, in some of the earlier podcasts you discussed and were requesting information about other Catholic podcasts, one podcast that I've not heard mentioned that I think is really valuable is Coffee and Pearls with Sterling Jakewith. Her podcasts are only about 15 to 20 minutes each and are very practical tips to strive for sainthood in everyday life as mothers, wives, and just people. I found it extremely beneficial, especially since sometimes I am in need of a short burst of spiritual inspiration and reminders. I think your listeners would benefit from Coffee and Pearls as well. Sterling's husband, Michael Jakewith, also has a podcast for men, The Catholic Commute, which I think is equally good. His podcasts are approximately 30 minutes. I've been invigorated by several podcasts over the past years, yours as well as others you have mentioned. These have been huge for my spiritual awakening as a 36-year-old cradle Catholic, now eager or slightly obsessed with passing along the faith to my three kids. And I feel strongly that Coffee and Pearls and The Catholic Commute belong in that category of material to be considered by your listeners. Thank you again for your time and ministry. I hope our 
our paths cross at an event in the future. Blessings, Tanya. Thank you, Tanya. And um, yes, I have listened to Coffee and Pearls. I know Sterling. I met her, uh, I don't know how many years ago, maybe three years ago now out in uh, Oregon when uh, she was organizing an event out there, Catholic Women Rejoice, which was an awesome event. And I believe it happens every year. I think it's still going on. Um, and yes, Sterling is a great gift to the church. In fact, it's funny. I got your email um, this week as I was emailing with Sterling, trying to make plans to have her come on the podcast uh, sometime soon before Advent, because she has some great Advent resources to share with you all. So look for Sterling on the show in the coming weeks, but also look for Sterling's podcast, Coffee and Pearls. I'll uh, put a link to the show notes in the show notes to her uh, podcast and her husband's as well, which is called The Catholic Commute, which is by Michael Jakewith. Um, so I'll put all that information in the show notes for people who want to check those out and learn from other podcasts. Hi, Danielle. It's Sam Fetzinger. Just want to comment on your last podcast, which was fantastic. You had so much to talk about. First off, working out, you can do it. You always motivate me, so maybe I can motivate you. I'm actually at a good place right now. Since January 1st, I haven't missed one day of exercising. I do at least 20 minutes or two miles. Sometimes it's just listening to a podcast while I'm on the elliptical or m making a phone call to one of my sister's. But you definitely can do it. And you've been so motivating for everybody else. Also, your topic about helping the poor. I think everybody can relate at one point. I know I always feel like when I give them money, they're going to go out and get drugs or drink. And then I heard, I think it was Benedict Grishel say that you're not giving the money to them. You're giving the money to Christ. So that helped me a lot. Also, marriage and talking. <laughs> that is... The common, most common problem everyone list does is trying to listen to your spouse and trying to be good, a good communicator. After being married for 28 years, I still struggle with it. But the best advice I ever got was from a priest in confession. And he said, you need to listen to listen. Don't listen to respond. Then when you are going to respond, just pray for the Holy Spirit to guide you. If I could remember that all the time, I'd have a fantastic marriage. But I also find learning my husband's love language has helped me so much. And all the through the years, really having that 15 minutes of quiet couch time or just the two of us device-free without the kids is really important. And they actually sometimes sit there and just watch us with a clock. Like, is it time yet? Is it time yet? Since early marriage also, I always had to remind myself that marriage is a sacrament, that parenting is not. Then advice for Heidi, my heart goes out to her, but don't you worry because God knows you better than you know yourself. I know my sister-in-law never babysat or ever enjoyed being around children. And when she had her first baby, she became the best mom ever and just was transformed by that child. So God's got your back and don't you worry about it. God bless you, Danielle, for all you do. I can't work out without you. So thanks so much. God bless. Thank you, Sam. I always love hearing from you, Sam. Um, those of you who don't know Sam, you should definitely listen to the podcast where she was a guest here. But um, Sam is a mom of a large family and very practically minded. She's my BFF online. She's the biggest supporter of girlfriends on Facebook. I think she links up every single episode and tells everybody to listen every week. So I, I love you, Sam. And I, I, I appreciate your um, motivating me toward working out. Um, I'm starting small and um, 
You know, I, I shared last week that I was still feeling weak after coming off of a virus. And I really, I, I felt like I really needed to kind of take time. And um, I took a few more days after that podcast where I said I was going to go for a run and um, just kind of rest and nurture my body because I did not feel 100% back yet. And in the meantime, a friend of mine that I was talking with about this weird stomach virus that I got and nobody else in my family got was like, hello, you had food poisoning. And um, I think I might have. What she described, because she had a terrible case of food poisoning a couple of years ago, um, was that you can have a horribly high fever. I thought because I had a fever, there was no way it was food poisoning. But anyway... Long story short, uh, I am back to working out. I'm not as regular as I want to be, but I am moving every day. And sometimes it's just taking a long walk. And I'm I'm okay with that. I'm trying not to be too demanding of myself right now. Um, but I, I appreciate the motivation. And I love thinking about you listening to Girlfriends and um, me being a help to you while you're making that commitment because it comes right back to me. And I'm like, Sam's out there doing it while she's listening to Girlfriends then. I can too. And so can you, anybody who's listening to this. And thank you for sharing those those motherly words of advice for Heidi, um, not her real name, who we talked with last week, who had emailed um, talking about her struggles with NFP, but also had mentioned her ambivalence about the idea of becoming a mom. It wasn't something she really felt inclined toward. And I, I love that you're encouraging her, um, as I tried to as well, um, to accept that. It's okay. And people have all different feelings about it. And um, God has a plan for you. And he has a plan for you inside of your marriage. And the, whatever kind of family he has planned for you and your husband, he's going to give you the graces for it. So thank you for that reminder, Sam. And thank you for the Voxer feedback. I know Sam has shared with me before how hard it is for her to find a quiet moment to be able to share on Voxer. But she's so kind and so good to me. She knows it's my love language and that I love to have other people's voices to be able to add to the show. So she makes that effort for me. She loves me. If you want to share on Voxer too, you can go to the show notes. There's a link to connect with me on Voxer in the show notes of every episode of the Girlfriends Podcast at DanielleBean.com. Hey, Danielle, uh, David, another great show. This is on uh, improving communication in marriage. One thing our priest who was preparing us for marriage told us, uh, which I thought was just spot on advice that would be added into the subcategory of fair fighting or setting boundaries is um, to always keep in mind that you have a unique knowledge of your partner and know things about them that uh, other people people no other person in the world might know about them uh and so to always treat that relationship um with a um uh, i can't think of the word right now but to treat that um appropriately and to not use that type of information um to throw that back in their face to deliver a crushing blow this isn't that right you, as you said this isn't a zero-sum game um but keep let them keep their dignity and never say something along those lines that one you can't take back, but two, um, you know it's hard to build trust again when it's violated in that way. And in the heat of the moment, um, people might be tempted to score a point. So um, that's my only add on to what was otherwise a very wonderful um, podcast. I hope you're doing well. Uh, take care. Bye. Thank you so much, David, for uh, that suggestion. I think that's a great reminder and a great add-on to what I shared last week about improving communication in your marriage, to recognize your intimacy in your marriage as a privilege and to not abuse it in those moments where you're angry and you want to hurt 
your spouse, um, I think it's a beautiful reminder to recognize that you are in a privileged position. You know more about your spouse and you know their flaws and they know your flaws. And that is part of the unique intimacy inside of the married relationship. But then don't abuse it. Don't give into that temptation to abuse it in your weak moments in the times when you are angry or hurt. A beautiful reminder. Um, but David has more to share. Hey, Danielle. Uh, David again. Um, was just thinking on the way in the work about um, what you shared on the most recent podcast, uh, this be your attitude toward, oh, the poor, destitute, um, you know, uh, drug addicted persons that you saw. Um, a couple thoughts. One, you know, what your friend is doing um, with the prison ministry, you know, be sure that you're not, um, be sure that you're not comparing yourself with her. Um, if you're, you know, if God's not prompting you to do that ministry, um, then don't worry about it. You know, rejoice in the fact that she is and that it's a wonderful thing and that God has given her that gift and be confident that you've made, um, a discernment as to what God is calling you to do. Right. I mean, she could also, um, look and see what you're doing with respect to all of the media apostolates you do and all the people that you're reaching there um, and, and kind of feel like she might not be doing enough as well. Neither of those is necessarily true. Um, so, you know, stay focused on task in, in what God is asking of you. Um, but two, certainly it seems as if something um, stung your conscience um, in, in that regard. So uh, know that I will be praying for you as you, uh, you know, ask God to reveal what he's asking you. Um, what, what type of greater love he's asking you in this regard uh, to those who are uh, the least among us. So good luck knowing my prayers. Uh, love the show. Bye. Thank you for all of that, David, especially those thoughts about discerning what God wants us to do and that temptation to compare ourselves to other people. Absolutely true. And yes, uh, Mother Teresa is a great example to us. And all of us would do well to sometimes pause and compare our attitudes and actions to those of that great saint and <laughs> as I did <laughs> and come up short. Um, but I, I love the reminder that we have different calls. We have different vocations. Our our details are going to look different from other people. We need to be working on our own vocations and our own call to holiness and what that looks like. The, the, the gifts that God has given us uniquely to share with others, it's going to look different from person to person. And that's a good thing. It's actually a beautiful thing. So I love that reminder. And I'm always reminding other people of it, but I do need the reminder myself. So thank you for doing that, David. Um, just to focus on your own vocation, your own call, your own relationship with Jesus and be moving forward in that, making forward progress in that, just being focused on what God is uniquely calling you to do. And it's not always going to look like what other people are doing, even if what they're doing is awesome and beautiful and amazing. Anyway, when, when people share like David does here and and um, like Sam did, and even, you know, people who are sharing through email, I am so moved and so grateful to the community around this podcast. And I'm grateful to you, even if you are just listening 
and you're not, uh, you know, actively giving feedback. Of course, I'm always begging for feedback and I love the feedback. But those of you who are just part of this community by, by listening and taking in this content and reflecting on it in your own heart, that is such a beautiful gift to me. I, I truly mean that. And I, I find that it's such a beautiful kind of example of what we were talking about earlier in this very show about the communion of saints and how we can lift each other up and encourage one another and make progress together. We're in this together. We're going through very similar things in different ways in all of our different lives and called in different ways. And I find it so beautiful to think about all of us, you know, working together as a community and lifting each other up and encouraging one another in that struggle. You know, being real about what what that struggle is and what it looks like and the messiness of every day and the the struggles and trials we go through, Um, but encouraging each other toward the good day after day and week after week here at Girlfriends. It is such a gift to me and I pray that it's a blessing for you too. But thank you for being a part of what I do here and thank you for those of you who give your feedback, but thank you to those of you who just listen and take this in and reflect on it in your own hearts because I know that God in his almighty goodness, he sees that and he blesses that and he's blessing us as a community because of your participation in it. So thank you. Thank you for being here for another show. Thank you for being here for another week. Thank you for your presence here. It truly is a gift to me. And now I'm saying goodbye as I pray that you will enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a DanielleBean.com production. Know your worth, find your joy.